Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Deacon Linda Gertz as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. If there was ever a great example of being all over the map, it's Simon Barjona, renamed in last week's gospel as Peter the Rock. Peter, the only disciple we know to have been married, leaves everything behind when he's called, dropping his fishnets and following Jesus for the rest of his life. You could call it impulsivity or spiritual love at first sight but it's a big deal. Throughout recent weeks, we have seen Peter start out by walking on water only to lose his focus and have to be rescued from drowning. At the transfiguration, Jesus is the clueless kind of guy who blurts out, let's build little houses for Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Yet, Only last week, we heard him proclaim that Jesus is the son of the living God, the first disciple to say that truth out loud. Up and down, true-hearted, not always completely rational, Peter is motivated by deep devotion, despite his oh-so-human flaws. He loves Jesus. That deep love is what makes him react so strongly when Jesus tells his disciples that he is heading toward his own suffering and death. Peter's, God forbid it, Lord, comes so fervently that that he doesn't even hear, much less understand, when Jesus adds that on the on the third day he will be raised. Jesus rebukes Peter for his objection, no matter how heartfelt. Jesus even calls him Satan, the tempter, the accuser, the one who tests. Jesus doesn't think Peter is literally Satan, but he sees that painful temptation being offered to him. People do love Jesus. People are saying, don't risk your life, just just be a good teacher. It would be so tempting to believe that he could avoid the foes who are already planning his arrest and execution. But if Jesus were to stay out of Jerusalem? 
to keep on the sidelines, to be a gentle Jesus, meek and mild, quietly reminding people to be nicer to each other, but staying silent about the oppression that weighs so heavily on the vulnerable people he loves? Who would he be then? Not the Jesus we know, the Jesus who risked everything, who never stopped telling the truth, who looked torture and death in the eyes and kept on going. I think the reason Jesus comes down so powerfully on Peter is that he knows how easy it can be to convince ourselves to turn aside from a painful task, a frightening decision, or a calling that we know inside is right, but which we're afraid might cost us emotionally or even physically. Jesus needed then and still needs followers who have counted the cost, but who nevertheless have set their sights on the way of life, the way of deep, self-giving love. Now when Jesus says, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, please, please don't for a minute imagine that this be means being a self-aggrandizing martyr. I had a cousin who cared for her profoundly disabled child. And she often said, well, that's why God gave me broad shoulders, which was true, perhaps. But now I wish she could have said just once, but sometimes it feels harder than I can bear. Richard Rohr, among many others, talks about the false self, which is marked by our obsessive attention to and defense of our own egos. That false self, though, just doesn't carry us through the tough times, and nor can it help us to discover the joyful ones. Our true selves, on the other hand, are created, sustained, and grown by divine love. They need no defense even as they face the dangers of life. Our lives, our callings, are full of small and large struggles. Yet what they require is simply to be who we actually are. As Barbara Brown Taylor has said, I thought that being faithful was about becoming someone other than who I was. And it was not until this project failed that I began to wonder if my human wholeness might be more useful to God than my exhausting goodness. And while I'm quoting folks wiser than I, I would like to close with what Dr. Catherine Meeks, 
of the Absalom Jones Center for Racial Healing says, in her blog, which is called A Few Shades Braver, she says, we need to stop waiting for a savior to come and rescue us from the mean spirit of hatred that is walking around in our country, declaring itself legitimate. Each of us who cares about ourselves and our fellow humans can declare our personal intention to be a one-person soul force that stands against that spirit. What is required is to be faithful to su that such an intention will be made clear to us each day as we engage with all who cross our paths. So dear friends, dear soul forces, all of you, may your paths be true to our Creator's love. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.